I have been um, just absolutely like coming out of my skin to get to this series for a couple months now. I cannot. I mean, I've just been looking so far to this. So let me, um, let me give you a few disclaimers, okay? You ever, you ever read warning labels? No, y'all are not. You're going to have to get a little bit more lively, okay? I'm going to have to come out there and start slapping people. It's not going to be good. Um, okay, so warning labels. I've, I've brought a couple to show you. Sometimes warning labels can be a little bit silly. Um, let's go ahead and run a couple of those. I like this one. Um, Caution, this sign has sharp edges. Do not touch the edges of this sign. Because <laughs> I'm a rebel, so I want, I mean, is anyone else right now in your mind, are you doing this? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's the real message, isn't it? Also, the bridge is out ahead. I think they're trying to get your attention so they can tell you that. Uh, we have a few more, just silly, just silly warning labels. This is rope that you can buy with a picture of a man climbing, but underneath it says, not suitable for climbing. Okay. I'm still working you up. I'm warming you up, right? We're getting there. Do not iron while wearing shirt. I mean, if you're wearing a shirt and you're doing this, we have a, okay, this is really bombing, isn't it? If the last one doesn't get you, we're, in, we're just going to close it down and go home. Here we go. Okay, do I have you now? I mean, just for a moment, look at that and just, has anybody on the planet ever swallowed a hanger? And, and how could you even begin to get... Warning labels. Sometimes I read warning labels and I just think, you know, like, the first thing I think is, well, duh, right? Like, yeah, don't swallow a hanger. Like, hello. I feel like we should do some kind of a disclaimer for this series, kind of a, a well, duh disclaimer, because we're going to talk about the helper who is, the, the Bible calls the helper the Holy Spirit. And so there's this one passage in scriptures, Acts 1.8, where the Bible says this, Jesus said, look, you'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and that word power literally is dunamis. I just went deep into the Greek right from the very beginning, and it means dynamite, right? So let me ask you, has anybody ever played with dynamite here? Can you admit to that? Oh, <laughs> you have three fingers over there? I can't quite tell. Um, if, you, if you take dynamite, and I'm, I've never played with dynamite. I'm just totally spitballing this, okay? But if you, if you light it and throw it somewhere and it blows up, do things move? Yeah. Yes, right? It's so like your kids are never going to come to you and say, hey, I'm going to go clean my room, and the plan I have is I'm going to throw some dynamite in there, and everything's going to be fine, right? That's not the plan. If, if dynamite goes off, things are going to move. Now, I've got to tell you, as your pastor, I don't have a master plan for this series. I don't have a big agenda. My, my deal is, hey, God, can we just open ourselves as a church to the helper? And can we just know, here's the disclaimer, that if we open ourselves up to the helper, if we ask the Holy Spirit to, to teach us, to use us, if we actually light the fuse of the dynamite, the only thing I know for sure is that things are going to move, right? Like, look at the person next to you, just even if you have to do it like this. They're not going to be the same. Like, our church will not be the same. Your family will not be the same. You and I, as individuals, will not be the same. The person next to you, possibly, I mean, I hope they're still, they might not be here in a year. Not because they're mad, right? Not because they walked away, I hate the gathering, but because the helper starts to do something in us and pushes us to go out to somewhere, something, 
people that we don't even know yet. That's what happens. That's the disclaimer. We've got to kind of to buckle up, right? John 16, 7 is where we got the name the helper from. We, we saw it on that video. Let me just kind of give you an idea of what's going on. This is, this is great. Jesus is hilarious. Jesus is having this last conversation, one of the final conversations he has with his disciples. And he tells them this, starting in John 16, verse 1. He says this, all this that I've told you, so he's kind of wrapping up this teaching, all this I've told you so that you won't go astray. John 16, 2. They, they'll put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering a service to God. Let that one sink in, right? So Jesus is talking to his disciples. These are men who were sold out to Jesus. They're so excited about what Jesus is doing. And he tells them, look, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a time coming that people will kill you and think it's an act of worship. That's, thanks, Jesus. Right? Skip down a few verses. Um, verse 5. Now I'm going to go to him who sent me. But none of you are asking, where are you going? Because I've said these things. This is verse 6. The, the biggest overstatement or understatement in Scripture. Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. Everybody said, uh, duh. Jesus is looking at his disciples saying, look, here's the deal. Things you think are bad now, they're going to get worse. Oh, by the way, I'm out of here. And because I've told you these things, you seem to be a wee little bit sad. You think? Jesus says to his disciples, it's troubling. It's going to get more troubling. I'm out of here, but I've got a plan. And John 16, 7 says this, but I tell you the truth. It's for your good that I'm going away. And at that point, jaws are on the ground, right? These men have sold out to Jesus. They followed him anywhere he went for three years. And now he's telling them it's actually good for them if he's not there. So as they pick their jaws up off the ground, he continues. He says, unless I go, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, depending on what version of Scripture you have, that says counselor. It might say advocate. Some, some translations say the helper. That's where we got the title, the helper. Jesus said, it's good for you if I go away. Because if I go away, I'll send to you the helper. Now, these are men, right? They're smart-ish. Okay, we got Peter in the group, but they're kind of smart. And they're thinking, Jesus, you're leaving. People are going to kill us as an act of worship. Yeah, I think I could use a little bit of help. Now, fast forward to today's world. Racial tension is higher than I've ever seen it in my lifetime. The economy, hmm. People's family, the state of marriage, there's a lot of turmoil in our world today. And if Jesus could step into our world right now, he would say this, I've got somebody that can help you, and I want to send him to you. We need his help. That's, that's the big idea. We'll talk about a lot of stuff going further down the road. We'll talk about, um, you know, not who the Holy Spirit is, what the Helper does, what the Helper wants us to do, what the Helper gives us to help us do what He wants us to do. We'll talk about all that stuff. But today, I just want to start with one simple foundation, and it's that He's called the Helper because we need help. Sometimes we don't like to admit that. Sometimes we get prideful. We think to ourselves, I don't really need help. I'm okay. And so God, um, because God's so creative, he came up with a great way to remind us that we always need help. He decided that he would call us sheep. Are there any shepherds here? No. So you just have to take my word for it. If you study about sheep, what you'll find is that they're stupid. 
Oh, I can't, can't say the S word. They're dumb. Sheep are dumb. Sheep have been known to scatter when it's chaotic and crazy and stressful. They have been known to panic when it's stressful. They just start bleating. They just do all kinds of crazy stuff. They're not smart. Now, I brought some video evidence, okay, just to prove that um, it's a short clip. You're going to have to watch quickly, okay, just fake up. But you'll see a couple smart sheep and then one really dumb one. Let's just run that one more time for the fun of it because we can. I don't know what sheep you would be, right? <laughs> I can make it. No, I can't. Sheep are not smart. So we are sheep. God's way of reminding us, look, you need my help. There's nothing more frustrating as a parent. Maybe you're, you never experienced this as a parent when knowing that your kid needs help and they will not ask for it. And well, if you've done that long enough, then you just sit back and go, okay, all right. God's not, God wants to help. He sends a helper because he knows that we need help. I can think of at least three places that we need help. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, okay? Just laying a foundation. We, um, depending, again, on where you've been in your Christian walk, what kind of churches you've been in, we've, we've been exposed to a lot of the Holy Spirit or we've been exposed to none of the Holy Spirit, but my guess is most of us have an opinion about the Holy Spirit, and most of it's based on stuff that happens on the fringes. So let's lay a foundation this morning about stuff that we know. I don't have to guess. These three things I'm going to tell you are in Scripture. I don't have to guess. I know that this is what the Helper came to help us with. We can rest assured in this. Here's number one. We need help receiving the love of God. We need help receiving the love of God. Now, Depending on, and I want to be sensitive here, depending on your background as a family, you, you struggle or don't struggle with the love of God. And when you hear people talking about God being a father, sometimes, you know, if you're in a good family, you're like, well, of course he's like, he's like a great dad. My dad was fantastic. But if you were in a family like, like half our generation growing up that doesn't have a present father, then that's a little painful, right? And you're like, I don't want my dad to be, I don't want God to be like my dad. My dad was terrible. He was never around. So we really struggle sometimes accepting the love of God. Like he's crazy about you. Like if I asked you to close your eyes right now and think of all the bad things you did last week, we don't have time, do we? And he's still crazy about you. We have a hard time receiving that. So God knew that. Jesus knew that. He knew we needed help receiving the love of God. So he sent us the Holy Spirit. Um, in Ephesians chapter 3, we love the book of Ephesians here at The Gathering. We read from this all the time. You've heard this passage many, many times. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul prays a prayer. He could have prayed for a lot of things for the believers, but here's what he prayed for. Verse 14, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit. That's important. He will strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, here's the prayer, may have power together with all the saints to go to every church service ever invented by a man to read the Bible through in a year, maybe in half a year if you're really... No. He said, I pray that you would have the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. 
Of all the prayers that Paul could have prayed, he prayed that we would understand the love of Christ. And there's no shot at that if we're not full. What did he pray? With the power of the Spirit in our inner being. The Holy Spirit can look weird. We'll talk next week about how the Holy Spirit is not Jesus' crazy uncle, right? He can look weird because people are weird. But he comes to solidify in our hearts that we are God's children and loved by him. Period. That's his number one job. Now, I know look, look, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Paul says this, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Look at the next verse. The spirit himself, that's the helper, the helper himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That's amazing. On your worst day, the helper is still reminding you that you're loved by God. We receive the Spirit that Christ, Abba, Father. The, literally, that means Daddy God. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to walk around going, I just love Daddy God, right? Guy, I'm, a, I'm a man. It feels weird saying Daddy God, but that's what it means. It's a term of intimacy. Now, I, I didn't, I don't feel the love of God. Some of you do, like, you know, like, if you just play the right minor chord, you're just like, oh, God's amazing. I'm just like, it's more faith for me. I need the Holy Spirit to remind me, to help me receive the love of God. And he does. And I love that about the helper. When I was youth pastoring, I was on a retreat and um, down at the beach. I'm in this room that's about as big as like half the stage. And there's like 45 kids in there. And we're just kind of singing and worshiping. It's a great retreat. The kind of things that can only happen when you're a youth pastor, because we loaded up our entire band, so we had drums like this in a room about as big as that, right? So it was loud. We got down there and realized that we forgot the snare drum, so our drummer just went in the kitchen, got a pot, and turned it upside down and started hitting it, right? It was loud. It was crazy. It was hot. And we'd been worshiping for, I don't know, like two, three hours, and, and I just felt like God said, you need to tell these kids that I want to deal with father issues, and I remember saying to God, I don't want to do that. I Man, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, right? Every kid has father issues. And if I tell them that God said, they're going to be like, no, he didn't because like everybody's got father issues. But I did it. And it was amazing to watch how God just began to heal emotions and memories in these kids. So the Holy Spirit guarantees us that we don't have to have daddy issues as children of God. We don't have to wonder if God loves us. We don't have to wonder if God's mad at us. He takes care of that. The Spirit testifies in us that we are children of God. Now, if you didn't wrestle with daddy issues growing up, you don't know how big a deal that is. But if you're here this morning, and statistics would say that half of you did, if you're here this morning and you wrestled with that, does my dad really love me? Can I ever earn my dad's approval? Man, it's good to know that you're loved by God. The Holy Spirit helps us receive the love of God. Here's the second thing the Holy Spirit does. He helps us, um, well, I have to confess this before I tell you. I'm your pastor, right? And sometimes when I read the Bible, I don't understand it. 
I don't know if that ever happens to you. Like I get up early in the morning, I get my coffee because you got You hit the Keurig right, you get your cup of coffee, and so you start sipping the coffee. You're reading the Bible, and I think I should understand it, but it just sounds like in my head Charlie Brown's teacher. Keeps reading, wah 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 wah. Great fun, I did it. Check off day three of the reading plan, right? Sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. Not alone. Anybody else? Wrestle with that? This side here. (laughs) It's just us, right? So here's the good news. God knew when he gave us the Bible that we may not understand the Bible and that we couldn't understand the Bible unless he sent us the, seeing the theme here, helper. And the helper comes to help with understanding the word of God. This is not just a collection of writings. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Paul's writing, and Paul wrote like most of the New Testament. So when Paul writes about words, when he's talking about speaking words, things that God says, most times Paul's talking about the Bible because he's writing it. So here's what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. He says, We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That's the helper, just so you follow with me. That we may understand what God has freely given us. So one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he helps us because we need help understanding the things of God. And the Bible is the best we have from God. We can't read it without knowing what the Spirit helps us understand. So he continues, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. You hearing all the Spirit stuff there? Spiritual truths, spiritual words. We've got to have the Spirit. Verse 14 nails it. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Let me ask you this question. If, have you ever had this happen to you? You're talking to somebody. You're sharing about your faith. And you're, you're quoting Scripture to them. And in your head, as it's coming out of your mouth, it makes perfect sense right and you're like you're telling and they're just kind of like looking at you and you're like you're getting them to the end and it's time to close the deal and you get them to the big conclusion and they look at you and they're like I don't understand what you're talking about that's what Paul's writing about it's not because they're stupid it's because they're not enlightened by the Holy Spirit the Spirit actually helps us understand the Word of God the best season I ever had in my life, reading the Bible, I prayed the same prayer every morning when I woke up. I would get my Bible, and I would say to God, I'm, I'm thinking right now, I told you that sometimes I don't understand it, now I'm going to tell you my best season. I probably, should probably do this all the time, right? So I said to God before I read the Bible, today, I don't care how much I read, but would you just help one verse jump off the page to me? And then will you show me today as I live my life one person who needs the truth in that one verse. Let me tell you something. You pray that for 30 days, you will not believe the conversations that you will have with people. You will go through the day, and you will hear somebody standing next to you in the coffee shop, and they will be talking to somebody else, and you'll be like, I just read about that this morning. And you'll turn and tell them, and they'll be like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. No kidding! You cannot do that without opening yourself up to the helper. He helps us understand the Word of God. Here's the last thing. We need help doing the work of God. 
earlier. You know, when we start talking about opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and that maybe you won't be in the same community group that you're in now because you might actually be out starting a whole other community group. Maybe you're not going to be in the same ministry you're in now because you might start a whole other ministry. Who knows what the helper is going to have you do? If I say that to you and your first thought is, oh, I can't squeeze another thing in my calendar, right? Sometimes what happens is we've, we're not doing the work in the strength of the Spirit as much as we're just doing the work. It might be a really good work, but he, he's got to help us do the work. Here's how I know that for an absolute fact. There's this three verses at the end of Matthew 28. If you grew up in church or if you've ever been in Sunday school or any kind of teaching, you've heard this called the Great Commission. If you've never been in church, never grew up, it's still called the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28. This is one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples, okay? So he says, Matthew, Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, keep that, keep a finger right there. And flip over to Acts, chapter one, chapter 1, verse 4. So you're Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts 1, 4. While you're turning there, let me paint this picture for you, okay? Here's how I see this going down. Jesus is in the locker room with his disciples, right? He just went to the cross. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose from the dead. And he's in this conversation with his disciples, okay? Now, I love sports, right? So... He's in the locker room. He's talking to his team, right? And he's telling them, like, hey, we got a plan. we got a plan. And if you've seen any kind of movies with speeches in the locker room, at some point they might be sitting, but they get so jacked up. They're standing up, and they start, they start hopping. And he's like, look, here's the deal, man. Therefore, go. I want you to go to all the world and preach the gospel. I'm, I'm giving you my authority. And they're just, yeah, they're, they're high-fiving. They're, like, doing the whole cross in the forearm thing. And he's like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Wait. Do, do what? Like, you got me all jagged up to run through a wall, and you told me to wait? Let me ask you this question. What is so important that Jesus, the Savior of the world, would look at his disciples and say, there's a lost world that needs to be saved. People are dying right now and going to hell, but don't go yet. Acts 1-4. Wait in Jerusalem. Acts 1.8, for the power, and then go be my witnesses. Here's, here's an important truth. The Holy Spirit is not just a starting power. He's a sustaining power. I really believe this. I really do. That if they're in the locker room, they're hopped up, and they're, they're hyped up, they're ready to go. If Jesus had let them go, they would have kicked Satan's butt for two minutes. And then some linebacker from Satan's team would have just blindsided the church. And they'd be like, put out on the ground. They'd be like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm tapping out, right? We're really good starters. We're terrible finishers. That's why Philippians 1.6 says that he is faithful to start, to finish what he begins. 
The Holy Spirit's not given to us so we can be all pumped up in a locker room and bust through and have a great first quarter. The Holy Spirit's given to us so that we have the power to do the work and continue to do the work of God. He knew that. And we have an important job to do. We're actually called to make disciples. We invented the word disciplers because we want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. They're disciplers. We're called to make disciples of the entire world. And we're in Albemarle. God, we need help, don't we? And he sent the helper. Remember the, the warning label at the beginning? Dynamite. You kind of start to feel it, can't you? Like you, you get this fuse lit. Jesus goes. That's where we're headed. I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I want to close the service with this. My favorite video in the history of videos and then a practical step that you can take, that if you take the right, if you take the step, it'll end up not being practical at all. So let's roll the video, and then um, we'll finish up. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> so here's what we know, right? Here's what we know. Oh. We're going on a journey. Right? And I want you to be Aunt Janice. I want you to enjoy the journey. When I was in seminary, we had um, a guy come and speak, and he told us this. He said, as he was traveling by plane to come speak to us, he was in um, the middle section. There were three, him and then somebody in the, in the middle and then somebody on the other aisle. And he said he was just chilling, you know, just relaxed. It was like ordering drinks, the whole deal. Um, I'm sure it was soda or something, right? And, um, and the guy in the middle was kind of like, you know, a businessman. So he's like just totally lost in his work, typing. And on the other end was like a grandma who was freaking out the whole time. And he said he realized something when he landed. So he felt like God spoke to him and said, you know what happened on the plane? Every one of you arrived safely, but only one of you really enjoyed the journey. That's the message. We need help. God knew we needed help. Jesus actually knew that he was going to send us to places where we would need help. And his answer to that was, I got you. I'm sending you the helper. I'm buckling you in, hopefully here and not here, but you're safe. You're safe in this place. You're safe learning more about the helper because his job is to point to Jesus. His job is not to point to you. His job is not to make you look like a fool. His job is to make Jesus look like the Lord he is. You're safe here. And so I want you to enjoy the journey. I don't know where we're going to end up. Um, but that'd be awesome if it was like that, wouldn't it? You hear this kid go, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. It's going to hurt. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. Here's how we're going to end. Here's the practical step that you can take. And I do want to apologize, um, right away that if you're not into techno technology, I, I can't do anything about that right now, but here's the practical application. I want you to take out your smartphone, your smart device, whatever you can receive text on. 
And all I want you to do this morning, here's how you apply the message. I wish we could apply messages this easily every week, right? Because sometimes you have to walk out and go, I need to chew on that a little bit. You don't need to chew on this at all. I want you to take your phone. I want you to send the helper. That's one word, or as John Michael said, helper. I want you to send that to 72717. Here's what's going to happen when you do that. You're going to be signed up for the reading plan that I've written to go along with this series. So I'm actually more excited about the reading plan than I am about this. I spent most of yesterday finishing up the first three weeks of this plan. You'll get a text every, every day that tells you, click here, go read the devotion. There'll be a text from the Bible. There'll be my thoughts about it. Um, I went in last night to Wendy, and I was like, I, am so, I just was so full, right? Because I had spent all day like just reading Bible verses, typing devotions, just, man, like the Bible's packed of stuff about the helper. It's going to blow your mind. This will be the dynamite in your life that just sends you somewhere. But you can if you, don't, if you don't sign up. So this is a practical step, right? Now, if you don't do texting and you do email, that's cool. We'll get you signed up on email as well. I'll put a link on our Facebook page later today. But this is a practical step that you can take. And here's why it could end up not being practical. Because I'm already praying that through this series us just diving into the Word of God, and us maybe meeting the Holy Spirit for the first time, I'm praying that He shakes this whole place up. That something happens when you read a verse, and it lights a fuse inside you, and you just find that you just cannot be still. He just launches the slingshot, and you're just like, hold on, here we go. I'm praying that happens. So this could be a very practical step that could end up being very unpractical. You could, God could speak to you through one of these verses, and who knows what he'll have you do. I'm, I believe I'm looking at a room full of community group leaders. I'm looking at a, a room full of future leaders in our city. I'm looking at a room full of people who can preach and teach and can evangelize. Because God did not send the Holy Spirit to make me a rock star. He sent the Holy Spirit to equip the church to make Jesus Lord.